The inaugural season of Star Wars, The Bad Batch, was a meditation on choice. The ones we make, the ones that are made for us, and the outcome of both. On this very special episode of Mad Unreal, we'll review season one of this fantastic sequel to The Clone Wars by looking at the choices that have shaped the series and their impact on the six black sheep we've grown to love. This is Mad Unreal, episode 44. Let's go. I was on the seat of my. <laughs> I was on the seat of my pants. That wasn't. That actually was my edge. <laughs> That's how I messed up this this episode. Has. You was on the seat of your edge. Man, I the destruction. Oh my gosh, man! The destruction on Camino watching watching all of those all of those platforms just fall into the sea and all that smoke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see. I'm tongue tied too because there's so much. It was just, and we're gonna, you know, when we get to it later, man. I gotta read. There's a couple of fantastic quotes by uh, the Kiner brothers, Kevin Kiner and his mm-hmm. brother, who do the music for the, uh, who do the, the score, the excellent score for um, yeah. the Bad Batch. And I'm gonna read those later, but I'm with you, man, because when I was watching that, you know, usually like in in even live action shows, but then definitely in some animated shows, something will just blow up, and that's it. Yeah, it just blows up. Right to see something because this is these are cities these are massive you know mm-hmm. um, installations you know Camino mm-hmm. to Topeka City and the other cities that were that they destroyed to see those structures fall into the water you know you felt you as you're watching that you felt the weight of those things you felt the it was just it, it you know I'm not a big fan of disaster movies but I watched yeah. one you know but yeah. it felt like I was watching a great disaster movie you know mm-hmm. and i'm with you i was on the <laughs> on the seat of my edge you know and right my heart, yeah and my heart was beating in fact and i'm like because you know it's early in the episode it's like if somebody dies they're gonna kill him in the first you know few minutes of the episode but that's how i was watching it i was watching it like oh shit like what is you know what i'm saying it's like i felt like that visceral feeling almost to the point where if somebody um is claustrophobic or really has you know fear of you know whatever the fear of water is or drowning that you know you, there should have been a trigger warning you know what I'm saying for mm-hmm. that because I can understand watching that episode you you would you may not made it through that episode because it was very much that feeling throughout is that is that the way you felt like watching um, most of the episode yeah and I am a fan of disaster movies and and a technique that was used by the animators which I thought was brilliant was was um taking their time with the city sinking into the ocean um right because right. it does take time to destroy something at that, you know, at that scale and have it actually completely submerge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, cut between the exterior and the interior to watch uh, Clone Force 99, you know, with with Crosshair and the, the science droid AZ actually try to make it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that, that time that was taken of course, gave them the opportunity, but the time that was taken gave the plausibility factor mm. of that's the word. That's a good how word. they yeah. were able to get out because there was urgency. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
I, you know, I had forgot that the ship was actually parked on a platform. <laughs> right. But you know what? At the end of the previous episode of uh, Return to Camino, I thought, OK, they're just going to jump on that underwater L subway and just, you mm-hmm. know, get to, um, you know, the ship. And then mm-hmm. the say, rest of the so, episode mm-hmm. will take place, you know, in a different place. It never occurred to me that the entire episode was going to be this, you know, them basically escaping from one, you know, near death right. situation right. then going to another one, then going to, and then in between getting these fantastic, like, you know, exchanges between the batch and mainly Hunter and uh, Crosshair and mm-hmm. getting more, you know, learning more information and getting all these things and these, these emotions. It was basically an entire episode of everybody being in their feelings, including yeah. me as I'm watching it, you know. And, and the entire episode, except for maybe the last three to five minutes, was in the dark. Yeah, yeah. And that added to that whole, you know, again, that claustrophobic feel. Cause it, mm-hmm. And they did another thing, probably speaking to, you know, disaster movie techniques or whatever. They didn't cut to something else that, you know, I thought they would cut to something like, you know, back to um, Rampart or back to some other part of the galaxy. You know, something back to yeah. maybe um, Sid's where, you know, Gregor is at or maybe Rex comes looking for them or something. Mm-hmm. By keeping the whole episode with us, you know, keeping us with the batch during the whole episode that feeling that you had of constant danger and just anxiety never went away. You know, it was yeah. like the whole yeah, time. Yeah. And I just, that's why I said I was on the, on the edge of my seat the whole time because you were there with them, you know, and it's in the dark and the water and just the constant threat, you know, water is the most destructive element, you know, not fire. Water is what does the most damage. Mm-hmm. And just have that, you know, you felt it pressing in on you the whole time. And Camino is a water planet. And to the point yeah, the where cr- the cracks in the tubes, the, cracks they were trying the, to get, tubes, yeah. the giant monster, you know, that I didn't see that coming <laughs> at all. And it was like, mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're like, okay, we good. We'll just go down this, this tunnel to it. And oh no, there's a giant monster, like a, a, a what you call the, the Godzilla and the King Kong monsters, the, the um, starts with the cave. Anyway, the, those type of monsters from a monster movie was showing up and I'm like, what the hell am I watching? It was like, mm-hmm. this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like how the, mm-hmm. it was, it was fantastic, man. There's been, we'll get to it, but there's been, you know, I, I've seen online some people like, Oh, this was, you know, the second part of the season finale, the two part season finale, you had, you know, uh, return to Camino and Camino loss. I've seen some people say, well, Camino loss was kind of a letdown because it wasn't as action packed as return to Camino. I, I got to disagree. I was like, so yeah. into that, you know, I thought it was the yeah. perfect, because it just allowed the space for those emotions to come out at the same yeah. time. They're in constant danger. And when it got to the final part where you see Crosshair aim his his uh, his sniper rifle at um, Hunter. Mm-hmm. And for a moment, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. yeah. And then he he tilts just a little bit, shoots down, gets Omega. And then this is the master stroke. He looks over, Crosshair looks over his shoulder. Tech and... Uh, Echo had their guns pointed, their blasters pointed right at, at him. him. Yeah. And then he looks over his other shoulder and Wreckers pointed his, his uh, blast right at him. And it was like, yeah, that's how real it was. It was like, yep. we, were, we, we were about to take you out because we thought yep. you were taking out Hunter. So, yeah. Excellent. Yep. Excellent. All right. Listen, before we dive into what we really want to talk about, because choices, you know, like we said in the cold opening, it was choices that really guided this entire season. Um, and, you know, you can get with this, you can get with that. That seemed to be like the whole thing all season. And it really yeah. came to a point at the end between Hunter and uh, Crosshair basically mm-hmm. saying that not not giving him, obviously, the direct quote from uh, the Black Sheep song, but basically, you know, telling him the choice is yours. Um, 
and that's that seems to be an overriding theme. But before we dive into all that, just do you have any other like do you have like any thoughts, you know, overall thoughts for the entire season? I liked it a lot. Um, I have to say I, I enjoyed it more than the final season of the Clone Wars. Wow. Okay. And I enjoyed cool. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, you know, the tragedy at the in the in the in the in the last episode um, of the Clone Wars um in the snow where vader you mm-hmm. know comes across um the helmets of the clones and you know the, it it had that it had that dramatic edge to it mm-hmm. that camino lost didn't have in that way um but just the entire arc of this clone force mm-hmm. really drew me into the stories the individual stories of each of each of those um, um, clones in Force Ninety Nine, like I can't, I can't name too many of the other clones in the Clone Wars series, mm-hmm. but I mm-hmm. can name each one of Clone Force Ninety Nine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that that scene that you just brought up, the um, you know, the, the the final scene of Clone Wars of the series when Vader is in the you know um, on the snow planet, whatever planet that is. Um, or not even Snow Planet, because when uh, Ahsoka and Rex were there, it wasn't snowing. Um, but when when Vader shows up later with stormtroopers, you know, right. so some time has passed. Um, so it's after this, you know, it's well after what we're seeing now with the first season of The Bad Batch. Um, he, you know, that the emotion of that scene, to me, it reminded me there was an echo of that in um, Return to Kamino when mm-hmm. the clones mm-hmm. are running. You know, they they've knocked Crosshair's been knocked out. Wrecker's got Crosshair over his, sh- over his shoulder. They're running through the halls trying to escape, and then it's just music, no dialogue. And then the camera shows you those empty, you know, the empty barracks, the empty cafe, the empty empty canteen, yeah, yeah. the empty incubators. That had the same, you know. There was an emotional connection there to the the end of something. You know, it was like it was just like the ending, no dialogue, just music. And I felt the same sense of loss. Mm-hmm. watching both of those scenes. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, it's interesting that you bring that up, but I, I get your point. You you feel more that the Bad Batch went in more, you know, did more of a, an emotional deep dive than the last season of the Clone Wars. Yeah, I think so. And as a result, I mean, I'm more connected to these characters, mm-hmm. you know, in that way. I, I think that's fair. I, I think for me, the, not to, you know, not to make this about a comparison between these two, but just sure. briefly, I'll say, I think the bad, you know, the introduction of the Bad Batch in Clone Wars season seven was fun, mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. the rescue of Echo on Skeko Skeko Minor, when you see what Rex went through, you know, to get his brother back, mm-hmm. and you know that scene, you know, between the, the the connection between them, to me that was hella emotional, and I think that mm-hmm. that was just mm-hmm. extrapolated. That type of emotion was extrapolated. And you got almost an entire season of that with the Bad Batch, you know, that mm-hmm. type of an emotional pull. And then also, like you said, the ending of Clone Wars season seven, Ahsoka's um, struggle with, you know, her place and her, you know, the 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 uh, disconnect between her and Anakin. And, you know, the what if, what if she would have been able to talk to Anakin with that, you know, all those things, yeah. her, you know, confrontation with Darth Maul, all that there's so much emotion tied in there. I feel like they learned from that and just bad batch. They just went all in. So mm-hmm. it's like from aftermath through, um, uh, Camino lost 
there's only a few episodes or a few places where they're not at some point or to some degree digging at little or scratching at little things and trying to, you know, get pull those emotional responses from you. And it makes sense to me, though, Arthur, because this is a very this is a crazy time in the galaxy. You know, what I'm saying this is after the fall of the Republic, the mm-hmm. birth of the Empire. We've never seen this before. You know, what I'm saying right. we've, we've never seen you know in live action or animation. We've never really seen these early days before. Um, and we're introduced to the TK series of, of what become the Stormtroopers. It's the birth of the Stormtroopers. It's, so it's, it's like the death of so many things and the beginning of so many other things that we mm-hmm. are familiar with from the original trilogy. Let me ask you this. How long do you think this first season of The Bad Batch, how long do you think, how much time has passed from Aftermath to um, Camino Lost, in your opinion? Because they, they're not specific <sighs> about it. So I they're think not it's up specific. For I, you know, I thought about that. And I was thinking that we're really looking at, you know, maybe around nine months Somewhere around there. I don't think it's been a year, mm-hmm. um, but I do think some time has passed between episode one and um, the final episode, which is what I think. I think there's sixteen. There's sixteen episodes. of them. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I, you know, I, I'm with you. I'm closer to you than I am with some people I've seen on Twitter because a lot of people on Twitter I've seen they're like, "Oh, it's been a few months." I'm like, "I'm. Th- I think it's a year." You know, I really do think it's a year. Do you? I'm yeah. Okay. Looking at their references to the missions that they've done for Sid, um, looking at how much the empire has done in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, how much, you know, uh, of, of their um, infrastructure that they've created and how much change has taken place. I'm thinking, yeah, it had to be a year, even though Palpatine seemed like he kind of pressed the button and shit changed overnight. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, he, like he'd been ready for, you know, forever. So it's like, he just had all these contingency plans and then boom, he hit a button and that's what happened. But, I'm thinking it's I'm thinking it's been at least a year. That's that's mm-hmm. how I feel. Maybe one day they'll mm-hmm. they'll clarify that. But you know, Star I think Star Wars always kind of plays fast and loose with the uh with the timelines. Do you have a favorite episode from this first season of the Bad Batch or a uh, favorite character? This is this is hard, man. This is hard. Um I wrote it down. Favorite episodes. I'm gonna say because mm. I, I don't have it's episodes. Yeah, because if like if you, I, I can't name, I name one today and then I mean I have I several, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like they change, you know. Because I mean, there's so many great. Um, even there's only you know what there's a really only one episode of this entire season where I was like, what the hell was that? You know, why 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 mm-hmm. did they do that? Mm-hmm. Or what was why was that there? And that was, of course, as everybody who's familiar with the season will know, it was infested, which was I think the. It, it, it was the last episode before everything just like jumped off. You know, I think it was right before War Mantle. Um, yeah, okay. And it was kind of a, it was a standalone, but it was kind of a standalone where nothing really happened. You know, it was like, mm-hmm. no, there was no character development. Um, all we really saw was Omega make a bunch of bad decisions because she's a kid. You know, it was like kind of like that. Um, she trusted the wrong. She just, you know, immediately bestowed her trust. But anyway, favorite episode. Um I think right now it's a tie between Aftermath, which was episode one, mm-hmm. and hmm. Camino mm-hmm. Lost, you know, uh, which was, okay. episode, which the, was the last episode. Yeah, the uh-huh. bookends. <laughs> um, in between those, I'll explain why in a second, but in between those, I wrote Battle Scars, um, which is where they all get their chips removed, mm-hmm. and Common Ground, which was a standalone. That's where mm-hmm. they went back to, uh, uh, what was it, uh, Raxus, um, and, you know, save that senator. Um I love right, that right. That was uh-huh. just, it was so much, that was just like a pure fun, you know, episode. There was some, uh, there was a little bit of character development in that episode as well, but it was just a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. So it was, those are in there too. But 
Aftermath, I listed that one first just because you saw the immediate, you saw Order 66 happening, which is kind of what we all thought we, we would get to see. But then you saw the immediate effects of that, you know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. from the Bad Batch's point of view. You saw them and their confusion. Um, you saw them make choices, you know, where they're going to stand and all this. You saw them um, come to come to uh, to everything started to come to a head between them and uh, Crosshair. Um, you saw the Empire start to kick off, you know, War Mantle really because they were kind of like mm-hmm. looking at the, do we need these clones anymore? Blah blah. Mm-hmm. It was an hour and I think twenty minutes or an hour and fifteen minutes long, and I thought it was fantastic. Um, it was just a really really well put together episode, and it's hard to contend with that now. Camino Lost, we just talked about that at the beginning of the show, so I won't dive back into that. But for all the reasons we talked about, that's why that show or that episode um, really jumps out to me. And really, to be honest with you, man, Camino Lost and its predecessor, Return to Camino, mm-hmm. could be one episode. Like, it, if they, I, I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised. Maybe it's because they just needed to have 16 weeks, but it surprised me a little bit that that wasn't just one episode. Because if you put those two together and just let them play, yeah. That makes a really good, you know, you have all that that action up front and the conflict and then you get all that resolution and the final climax. Yeah. I, I, but yeah, Camino Lost um, really, really affected me. What about you? Your favorite episode? Um, you know, if I had to narrow it down to one, um, I would I would say that it was Battle Scars. Hmm. And um, the way that the um, animators rolled out record being the one whose chip was going to activate mm-hmm. um, was done so subtly. I think I think he first started having headaches in cornered, maybe as early as replacements. Banged his head in replacements, yeah. Because uh, because Wrecker's the one that you really he's the last one that you want to have <laughs> mm-hmm. for obvious you know, reasons. Fry, you know. Yeah. Um, but w- w- what really did it for me was was battle battle scars was really the episode where um, Omega kind of came into my favorite character zone of the Mm. series. And Mm. she was the one that I did not expect to like the most. Mm -hmm. I wasn't even sure if I really liked her in the first couple of episodes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's because Omega really manifests what you don't hear a lot in Star Wars at all. I think I've only heard the word uttered twice in the entirety of star wars but love Mm. and she she is the one who and in that episode you really see that at no time does she at no time does she fear wrecker from the standpoint of knowing that this isn't him that this is the result of this chip that she knows he can't fight i mean she fears for you know her her life, of course, mm-hmm. but that's you know to to me that's a little different from fearing the person. fearing the person mm-hmm. you know who who's who's you know who's manifesting this threat mm-hmm. and and as a result, you get to see the love that the rest of Force ninety nine and Rex have for each other and Wrecker, mm-hmm. you know that at the end their bond, their collective bond grows even grows even stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my favorite speaking just really quickly about Omega in that episode, my favorite scene with her is when you know 
uh, after the surgery on record and mm-hmm. they're basically like, yeah, we got to wait for him to wake up. Why don't you just take mm-hmm. a mega, you know, up, up top side to get some fresh air. Mm. And she's like, no, I'm standing with chair. him. And she grabs <laughs> yeah. the chair. Grabs the chair, sits. <laughs> she, her little, and they emphasize, that was a really good story moment, writing and animation moment to emphasize her small size because that mm. big chair, she grabs that chair and like drags it. You know, she has to use all her strength to drag that chair. Mm-hmm. And, she sit, and she's like, no, I'm staying with him. You know, yep. and I was just like, I like this little girl. You know, and that, yeah. it was re- it was really a little kid, you know, moment. That's what a kid would do, you know, with a parent or a brother or you know, whatever mm-hmm. sibling. They mm-hmm. like, no, I'm not. You know, I'm staying right here because she's scared and she's protective at the same time. So yeah. you answered the question. That you answered your favorite character, and then it's Omega. Yeah, I have to say it's Omega. That's yeah, interesting. and I, I know that I know that we're really going to get into, into you know into choices, but mm-hmm. you know for Omega, her choice always goes to the choice of I need to save him. I need we need to save Wrecker. We need to save Az. Save we need to save Crosshair. We need <laughs> to save Namaste. We need to save Sid. We need to save these people. You know, right? Even, even uh, I forgot the name of the uh, the Kaminoan who got killed by uh, Fennec Shan, and she's like she needs, she needs help, and she's laying there dead. And, he, and, you know, what's called Cad Bane has to tell her, you know, none that you can give. Like, she's gone. Like, it's right. too late. No help. No help. Um, did you have any honorable mentions, though, other than Omega? Anybody, any other honorable mentions in terms of your favorite character? Um, well, I mean, you know, I like them all, of course. But mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, I, Tech was is up there, too. Um, mm-hmm. He, interestingly enough, you know, he, he provides just about all the comic relief. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, you know, Wrecker is 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 a kind of a of, of a lovable oaf, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but because Tech is so very binary and non-emotional, right. you know, he provides a lot of humor to the series, mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. Um, yeah, I think ahead, you, you kind of need that for the balance. Mm-hmm. To make yeah, it all, yeah, you know, kind of make it balance it all out. Uh, yeah, he's definitely a counter to Wrecker, and that's. I think that's a really quickly. That's another reason why Wrecker was the last one you wanted to see go. You know, inhibitor chip because not just because his strength, because he is the lovable one. You know, he's the mm-hmm. most lovable one. So that mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. heartbreaking and uh, battle scars to see that. But yeah, Tech. I, you know, I wondered for a while. I was wondering, okay, are they making a commentary on with his? binary type of thinking and kind of the the bluntness in which way the way he sees he speaks i was wondering if they're making commentary or a um homage almost to um people who are on the spectrum you know to mm. uh um uh, uh why is it leave, why is it leaving my mind right now um you thinking uh, autism autism yes mm-hmm. people who are autistic mm-hmm. so you know it, there's many people who tell you autism is not there's there's not it's not a a sickness or a disease or anything it's just you know it's a different way of looking at the world mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. so i wonder a lot of times mm-hmm. if they were doing that with tech with just saying here's mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with him he just looks at the world differently he's it's he, interesting he evokes his emotions in a different way um and there's a couple of instances where you see him be protective over other members of the batch including omega or express you know affection but it's not it's not expressed in the way of saying you know i care about you or you're my brother or whatever you know right. he just expresses in a different way so i don't know maybe they'll they'll speak on that maybe um in some interview or some postseason something um okay so real quickly my favorite character um i, I this is hard too but i would say hands if i had to pick one i would say hunter um yeah. because i think hunter is just he's 
you know, there's the, the honor and, you know, all the stuff, the nobility, all the things that you see, you know, in the quote unquote heroes, standard heroes, but there's also the conflict, you know, Mm -hmm. he's made the choice not only to look after his squad and we'll get into this later, but he's made the choice to be a parent essentially. And that causes a lot of conflict to him because now he has to, um, first of all, he has to learn how to do that. And then he has to make choices that he doesn't necessarily want to have to make, but Mm -hmm. he feels like it's the best thing for Omega. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and there's, so that nobility and that kind of conflict in him made him one of my favorites or my favorite. Um, but then I'd also say, I, I love Echo. Um, I loved Echo mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Clone mm-hmm. War season seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I've loved him throughout this series. There's just a Echo for him to be, you know, quote unquote disabled, you know, he has, he's missing limbs or whatever. He's more machine than man as, as tech tells him. Mm-hmm. He, he's one of the hardest cats in the whole bad batch. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's many yeah. a times where he's like, in, in aftermath, um, they ask one of the uh, other clones ask about Omega, and Tech is like, "Touch her, and you're a dead man." And the way he says it, the way D. Bradley Baker delivers that line, yeah, it was like gangster. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, and that's that's Echo. You know, that's yeah. Echo throughout the whole time. He's just really, really gangster. Um, honorable mentions: Fennec Shand. I really liked her um, mm-hmm. in her two episodes. Um, she fucked uh, uh, Cad Bane up. I don't even know why they even felt the need to make it seem like Cad Bane could, you know, hang with her in a fight, mm-hmm. hand to hand fight. No, that mm-hmm. was some BS. I'm like, she hit him so hard a couple times, slammed him up against the wall so hard. I'm like, there's no way he should be conscious. You know what I'm saying? I mean, she was just like tagging <laughs> him, like left and right. I'm like, come on, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I liked her. I liked her demeanor, even though she's definitely she's she's a straight up murderer. But she, I just. Mm-hmm. I think she plays that. Um, I think uh, uh, Ming Na Wen plays that very well. I'm looking forward to seeing her in in uh, Book of Boba Fett um, and Crosshair. You know, we'll mm, talk about yeah. it later. But I really, really grew. The tragedy of Crosshair is just is becoming is get, is getting up there to me to the with the tragedy of Darth Maul. You know, in terms of just really you know conflicted, messed up. You know, not even mm. antiheroes, but villains. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed him, and then couple quick shout outs um hauser my man hauser the clone who, who throws down his weapon really yep. liked him gregor it was great to see gregor show up um in a um a war mantle and the two dudes at sids um the two the two aliens who are always fighting they have names yeah, the one of them was, yeah mm-hmm. one of them's name is bolo i can't remember the other one's name but basically sids was like cheers i mean that's what they did they <laughs> yeah. call it that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. you had carla of course um you know carla tortelli of course because uh, uh the same i forgot her name. rhea perlman played uh sid but then they didn't call it a bar they called it a, pa- a parlor i guess they didn't want to call something in a show that a lot of kids watch a bar but mm-hmm. it was a bar Mm-hmm. And you had these two dudes in there and they were always fighting. It was like they would be playing a game. You want to take it outside? Come on. You know, and it was like every episode they were just going outside and fighting. I'm like, I love those two cats. So, yeah, those two guys get an honorable mention. And then, of course, got to get my man Rex. Whenever Rex is a part of anything, Rex is definitely top tier. One of my favorite characters, my favorite clone to this day, still Rex, um, ever since uh, Rookies. So Rex gets a lot of love. All right, let's jump into the main crux of the show, Arturius Maximus. Um, we want to talk about choices. So we've listed like a bunch of choices that happened throughout this episode. Um, and we're going to just touch on as many of them as we can and just give our you know quick comments and thoughts on some and then go a little deeper on others. Um, but what's the first one we want to start with, the first choice that we want to start with? 
All right. Well, we're going to start with Clone Force 99 choosing not to obey Order 66. So, I mean, it's like we said in the in the cold open, some of these choices, just like in real life, some choices we get, we, we ourselves make other choices are made for us, you know, by other people. And we have to deal with the outcome or by, you know, institutions, whatever yeah. situations, fate, whatever, what have you. Um, this was one. So for the majority of Clone, of Clone Force 99, their chips did not activate. One of my favorite right. scenes in Aftermath is when they when everything first jumps off and tech is like, yo, you know, this the only thing that is going on on the comms is at, you know um not activate uh, execute order 66 <laughs> and record goes yeah i heard that too and he pauses and he goes what's order 66 <laughs> 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 and i the first time i saw it i fell out i had to rewind because i missed the next couple seconds because it was just this huge star wars thing that we you know trip over order 66 this tragedy is made and record just like puts it so seems like what's order 66 right like, he immediately becomes the proxy for everyone who really isn't up on star wars right, right. <laughs> like he missed that day of training like you know i didn't i must not have been paying attention because what's that you know um i thought that was hilarious so but yeah so their you know their chips didn't activate um but then later on when once they discover them you know it becomes like tech says later we have a difference in ideologies mm-hmm. so i just thought that was interesting that um, even though once they learn what Order 66 is and it's been told to them what well, the Jedi are, are, you know, have committed treason, they have trouble believing that to the point where Crosshair is like, well, that explains it. And Hunter is like, no, that doesn't explain anything. You know, it's like, yeah. that doesn't explain the, why, why would the Jedi commit treason? You know, just because this dude, just because Palpatine said that, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I just thought that was interesting that they made, they, they were, they didn't have to make, or the choice was given to them because they had choice, their, their chips didn't activate except in Crosshair. But, they later on they still made the choice not to follow that that order because order 66 wasn't just about as we know now it wasn't just about killing the jedi it kind of changed the demeanor of clones you know so where they they just switched to like okay we're going to do whatever this dude says and f all that republic stuff we were doing before we ain't about saving people no more right we just going to do what this dude says so what, what did you think about all that um the best part about about aftermath for me was when Hunter and Crosshair, and Crosshair's activated at this point. Mm-hmm. I think it but, was activated, yeah, immediately, didn't it? Yeah, because yeah. he almost kills um, Caleb. And mm-hmm. and to see to see the dynamic between Hunter and Cross Crosshair start to change, and Hunter is trying to negotiate what's going on mm-hmm. around him, but also what's go- What's going on with why Crosshair? Are you tripping? Like, yeah, why are you? Tri- <laughs> all we do is disobey orders. What's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. why is that different? All, all of a sudden, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really good in a way to be able to show how individuality is something that is suppressed in clones. Yet clones definitely have opinions about things, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and you know, soldiers are not they do have the power of discernment, mm-hmm. you know, um, illustrate, as you said, like, wait a minute, why we've been rolling with Jedi all this time <laughs> for years, years, and all of a sudden, <laughs> a few words traitors. are uttered. <laughs> yeah. And everything yeah. is different and we just start blasting them. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you and it just tripped me out. One of the things that this series did so well is because we have all these questions about order 66 and this, this series really showed you. Yeah. 
it wasn't just about killing the Jedi. That was not, that was just the beginning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It really flipped their demeanors, you know, to the point where tech is like, or somebody later on is like, yo, these, the regs are really tripping. And, you know, when Palpatine gives that speech and they're all cheering and you see the bad batch looking around like, what the fuck is wrong with these? You know, it's like, they really have lost their minds. So, but yeah, I think Crosshairs, his went off right away because he, to some, it, and Nalase explains it later. She says, you know, his inhibitor chip wasn't as strong. It didn't go off as strongly as the as the regs, but it's still activated. And you mm-hmm. see him in the forest mm-hmm. in the beginning when he does say, "Good soldiers follow orders." He says it mm-hmm. immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, but that was that was interesting. So uh, next one, I'll look at the next one here. Next choice we want to discuss the Batch's choice to go back to Camino for Omega, and subsequently become deserters. So this was an aftermath too when. Hunter makes the decision. Hunter says, you know, she's one of us and we're not leaving her there. Um, so they're off world. They're on Onderon. So, and uh, Omega has warned them, don't come back to Camino. Shit has changed. It's not safe yeah. for you here. Yeah. Um, and at that point, when on Onderon, after they meet with Saul Guerrero's people, Hunter realizes, the rest of the whole batch kind of realizes this empire is not for us. Things have really changed mm-hmm. and we can't go back to Camino. That little girl was right. We shouldn't return there. But mm-hmm. Hunter makes the choice to go back for her. And he says, she's one of us. Um, we don't leave our own behind. You know, this is a theme that shows up throughout the season. What did you think about that 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 choice that Hunter made? Was Crosshair still with him? I Crosshair don't remember. Was, Crosshair was with them and he objected. Okay, that's where he gets to the argument with Hunter. Okay. Yeah, one of the many with Hunter. Yeah, and he says to him, you know, we're going to go back. You know, we're listening to a kid now. You know, we should go ahead and take out Saul Guerrero's people, you know, those civilians, those the grandma that I had my sights on. Mm-hmm. He literally had his sights on somebody's grandmother. Um, we should go back and take them out because the Empire told us to. But then they see that, you know, Hunter takes out the um, the spy droid, whatever that thing is. I forgot the name of it. But the, right. Know, right. Uh, and, you know, that's when they realize, OK, this is really not going the way we want to. This is when the difference of ideologies is becoming more clear. And Crosshair is like, no, we should follow orders. So, yeah, there okay. is beef. Um, okay. But Hunter says, no, we're going back for her. I had I had thought that Hunter's choice to go back to get Omega influenced Crosshair's pain overall because, mm. OK, you're going to go point. back for this girl. Right, but when I'm in trouble and you know I'm in trouble, mm-hmm. you don't risk your lives to come back for me. Yeah, good point. And I think that 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 fueled disdain for Omega from Crosshair that we saw play out through the rest of the series, especially mm-hmm. in the final episode. Mm-hmm. Or you then know. yeah, then episode before that where he tells Hunter, like, you 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 knew and we'll get to this later, but he's like, Yeah, you knew what was yeah. going on with me and yeah. you left me there. You know? That's an excellent point because I do think that that because he has even because and again we'll talk about this later, but once he removes his chip, as he says he still can remember, you know, everything that happened before. Right. And, and right. he remembers them. Yeah. Once they found out, once tech reveals like, yes, Omega is a clone. She's like mm-hmm. us. She's a you mm-hmm. know defect or whatever. Technically, she's, she's older than us. Technically, yeah, technically she's older than us. But in aftermath, even he, he reveals like, yeah, she's a clone. And she's basically like us because she's a defective or a mu- has a, you know, enhanced mutation, whatever he says. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's when in Hunter is like, well, she's one of us, you know, and she's not just a clone. She's really, you know, like us, like our sister. Yeah. yeah. And so um, for. Yeah. So to your point, yeah, if Crosshair remembers that, I'm sure that stung him, you know, even more to see them. Mm-hmm. OK, you've known this child for like three days, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm, you went back mm-hmm. for her. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but you you never came back for me. That's an excellent point. I didn't even think about that. All right. So I think that I think, though, that choice is kind of like the line that really, you know, that was the point. I think when the batch really made their decision, like we can't be a part of this empire. Um, this is not going to work. Now, the the next choice um, really is an echo of something that I, I was talking about in an earlier Madden Real episode when we uh, watched the few, first few episodes of The Bad Batch, mm-hmm. where one of the elite soldiers chooses to join the Empire. So now we've got conscripts. They're mm-hmm. not clones. They're, you know, they're humans from other parts of the galaxy, and they're signed up. And this, right. is, this occurs in the Replacements episode. And um, uh, one one of the soldiers says to others in the group when they're talking about, you know, their experiences on Kamino and 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 the clones themselves, uh, he says that with the Empire, I get paid, I get fed and I have a roof over my head. That's more than the Republic ever did for me. Mm. Damn. And and, um, (laughs) you know, on an earlier episode. You know, I had talked about how at a certain point going having people from other parts of the galaxy come and willingly join up with the Empire mm-hmm. um, did so because it was a way for them to stay alive. They they would get fed. Mm-hmm. They you know, they'd get fed, they'd ha- they'd be employed, they'd have living conditions. You roof over their head to go to college later. Mm-hmm. Yep, you know all of the tra- all of the trappings of the modern military. Right, yeah. and um, I think that was a very real step for a galaxy that has been destabilized mm-hmm. because of a regime change, and so you see that- the consolidation of uh, the you know the victors in this case the empire. So when you say destabilized, that suggests, okay, during the Republic's reign, or maybe even before the Clone War began, the Republic wasn't doing a good enough job of keeping, you know, people employed or keeping, and maybe it was the, the, the conflict between the Republic and the Confederacy of Independent Systems, where it was like, like you said, the destabilization caused mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. this, you know, mass unemployment or mass mm-hmm. poverty, so on and so forth. And so the Empire comes along, it's like, no, 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 we got you. You know, we'll take care yeah, we, of you. Sign right. here. You know, we we're got stabilizing you. the economy. You know, just trade trade your old money in for the you know the 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 uniform currency, mm-hmm. the imperial credits. I mean, the Martez right. sisters schooled Ahsoka on this. It's like, mm-hmm. well, you think Jedi are so great? Y'all roll in, tear everything up, and then go home. <laughs> right. Right. So, in, in ESO one, yeah, ES, yeah, ESO one, the elite soldier who says um, had that quote that you mentioned. He's the one who, when Crosshair just like starts murdering people, um, he's the one who says, no, we're soldiers. This isn't what we're about. Mm-hmm. Um, and now and then Crosshair takes him out. But it's interesting to me that the other elite soldiers, after watching him get taken out, they say, OK, we're just going to obey this empire and go along with what they're saying. You know, it's, yeah. so his his his, you know, him effusing about, you know, why he likes the empire. You know, they feed me, they pay me, they they house me. You know, I'm good they made the other elite soldiers are like, okay, they took that one step further. Like we want all those things too. And if we have to kill these civilians to get it, if that's what it takes, then that's what we'll do. Um, right. It leads, it has a little, it gives a little credence to what I think is a very specious argument by, um, Rampart. Um, and in in, mm-hmm. I think it's in the same in replacements as well. And maybe later on 
where he, you know, and I think we'll talk about that a little bit, so I won't get into it, but there's, there's, you know, this kind of like tension between clones and conscript, you know, conscripts and which way the empire is going to go. And this right here, you know, the choice by these elite soldiers to join the empire, it, it it didn't make sense to me at first. And in the sense of why would you want a bunch of conscripts instead of people that you could literally just say a few words to, and they would kill the the Jedi that they've been working Mm -hmm. with for like years, um, Mm -hmm. just because you told Mm -hmm. them to execute an order. Mm-hmm. But then later on, when when they get into, um, like you just said, the the trappings of being in an empire and the fact that there's all these planets all, all over the galaxy where you can pull these people to if you just prom- or pull these people from, all you have to do is promise them the stability. Um, I think that's where it starts to give a little credence to the argument. So it's, that was an interesting choice um, by the elite soldiers, not just ESO one, but then O four and the rest of them. Um, all right, next Crosshair's choice to follow orders. So this is the same episode replacements in reunion. Crosshair has a choice to follow orders or does he have a choice? So are this is where we get into a lot of like online. I've seen a lot of discussion about this because later mm-hmm. on we find out when Crosshair says, tells everybody, listen, I had my trip, my chip removed a long time ago. When did that happen? Because if, if this, what I'm talking about right here, his choice to follow orders, if his chip is still in post aftermath, then yeah. it's really not a choice. It was a choice that was made for him. So I think this would be a good time for me to ask you, when do you think Crosshair's chip was removed? I think it was after reunion. After we're he, in alignment. We're, we are in total agreement. Yeah. yeah. After he got burned up. Yep. Okay. Yep. We'll get to that. We'll get to that in a minute. But knowing that then we're on the same page, let's just go with that. At this point, when he straight up murders those people on Onderon, you know, the one, the woman walks up and is like, I don't have any information. And if I did, I would. T-. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm, cause Crosshair mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. just, he just, he just kills her in cold blood. Mm-hmm. And then he orders them to kill the rest of the civilians. He's about to kill him himself. But then, yeah. um, like I said, ESO one objects and he has to, he has to take a moment to kill him first. Um, and he also tries to murder, you know, the bad batch later on in reunion. Yep. Um, he's straight up not trying to capture them or make them work with him like he does later in uh, in Camino and Return to Camino. Mm-hmm. He is trying to kill them um, pre chip removal. Um, so I, and then he also says, just really quickly to throw this in, he also says, "Aim for the kid in Reunion." He talked yep. about Omega. You know, later on we see him say, "Send her off world." You know, to, and he tells Hunter, "If you want to protect her, get her away from you." Right. Um, but at this point, pre chip removal. He's saying aim for the kid, which I thought was like, whoa, that was that was wild. But to in his his defense, though, an episode before that in your favorite episode in Battle Scars, we see Wrecker almost kill Omega, you know, because yep. of his chip. You know, only yeah. thing that saved her was was Rex. Um, so, yeah, that's an interesting choice um, that Crosshair didn't make. Uh, what's the next one? Next up. Hunter's choice not to return for Crosshair. This is a big this is, one. Now this is this is after replacements, yeah, and because um, what happens in replacements? What is, he says in replacements, um, Omega is like Omega is asking him because remember Omega found <laughs> it was that was a funny moment. Remember she found Crosshair's kit in the in the ship, and she's like, everybody just looks at her, and she's like, what what's wrong? And they're like, that's that's Crosshair's stuff. And Wrecker admits, Wrecker says, I miss him. I kind of right? miss him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Echo is like he shot you, <laughs> you know, and it's interesting because Echo is like the one who's least tied to Crosshair because he spent yes. the least, you know, he's spent the least time with the Bad Batch. The rest of them have been together for a long time since birth. 
Yeah. Um, and Crosshair is crass. I mean, Crosshair is not in a, he's not very approachable just, you know, just overall. I have a theory about that. We'll get to that later. But and I, I mean, you kind of have to think, well, you know, he is a sniper. So <laughs> that's his, I mean, they bring him in when they need to get, you know, when they need to have somebody taken out. He's literally always at a distance, physically always at a distance. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and you would imagine as a sniper would be that he stays by himself for long periods of time, mm-hmm. waiting out his target. Um, he probably has the most isolated role in in Clone Force ninety nine, it's like when Wrecker, you know, okay, I got a boulder, call Wrecker. Uh, I got to get this door open, call Wrecker. You know, right. he's always but in the mix. I got to take out so and so and such and such. You know, crosshair, get on up on that, you know, mountaintop, and and wait for an we'll hour. We'll see you tomorrow, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. You know, we'll come back and pick you up tomorrow <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> but Hunter right. says, like, he says that you know I'm angry at myself because we don't leave our own behind. And right. you know, if he knows that that Ome- was the Omega, same thing he said that Yeah, because Omega says to him, You're angry at Cross because she's like, Oh, you're angry at Crosshair because you know what he did, you know, in aftermath and everything else. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, Hunter has to clarify, no, I'm angry at myself. And this is in replacements. This is in episode three, I think, or episode four. Three, I think. So this is early in the season. Mm-hmm. And Hunter is admitting, mm-hmm. like, no, we don't leave our own behind. And little did we know how much that was going to come to, you know, come back into play later in the season. Yeah. Now, I got to admit, um, I kind of have I kind of have a it's, I have a problem with Crosshair putting that in Hunter's face. Do you want to get um, to it now or you want to get to it when we get to that? Do you want to go ahead? Let yeah, let's, yeah. This, what, let's, let's get to it now. Cause <laughs> I, you know, I have a, I have a problem when, when Hunter is, is getting in, I'm sorry, when Crosshair is getting in Hunter's face about leaving him, mm-hmm. you know, and even Hunter says it, it's like, dude, you were under control, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 you know, and Crosshair is saying, yeah, but you know, but you knew that and you still, mm-hmm. And my thing was, okay, Crosshair, but you knew that. Like, even Wrecker says to Omega, he tells Omega, I I tried to help myself, but I couldn't. Right. Crosshair never says anything close to that Mm -hmm. when he's engaged with Hunter. And I feel that, I mean, basically, I feel like, man, you could have cut Hunter some slack. Because it's not like, it's not like you didn't know or weren't aware that you were ahead of this elite force, you know, slaughtering people. Mm-hmm. I, you it know just, what? Again, it, it, it kind a, of, I, it kind of got to me that Crosshair never acknowledged his own fallacy. Mm-hmm. And I was but instead very... deflected that fallacy that on, on, onto Hunter as if Hunter could have really controlled the situation. I, you know, I, I agree with you. Ostensibly, I agree with you. But I do have a theory as to why Crosshair behaved that way. Sorry, I yanked out my headphones. <laughs> he got so into his point that he yanked out his headphones. <laughs> um, I agree with you, ostensibly, but I do have a theory as to why Crosshair acted so, you know, black or white. You know, is this or is that? You know, mm-hmm. again, title of this episode, this or that, you know, no, no gray area, no, no, there's no, there's no shading. There's no 
any type of uh, room to move around and have any kind of nuance to see this or that. I have a theory about that, which I'll talk about later. But I will say this, though. I get Crosshair's point, though, man. I have to say, because Hunter Hunter is, admits in this at this point, this choice that we're talking about, um, you know, Hunter's choice not to go back for him. Once he knows, because, you know, at the beginning of the this, this season and aftermath, other than tech who has a tendency not to, you know, share information when he should be sharing it. Yeah. Other than tech, everybody else is kind of like, what the, f- why are the regs tripping like this? You know, yeah. and it's like slowly between aftermath and episode, maybe three, they get more information. And so by the time they in replacements, they're, you know, they land on that planet and they kind of have a better understanding because even tech says, you know, Hey, it's a strong possibility. The way crosshair is acting this way is because of his inhibitor chip. I don't even mm-hmm. think he calls it. He may he may call it an inhibitor chip by then, because I think um, Omega has told them the the actual name of it by then. So he says, "Yeah, you know, that's why he's tripping. It's because of this inhibitor chip." At that point, I get Crosshair's point because that's the point where Hunter could have said, "You know what? This is not him. He made the he tried to kill us. Mm-hmm. He did all these things. He turned on us, but it's because of that chip. We have to go back for him." I think though being and this is you'll relate to this being a parent the conflict is is that hunter has made a choice to be a parent to this child you know right now her safety right. comes into play if we go back right. to camino again for the second time when we were we went back the first time to save her if mm-hmm. we go back now to save crosshair i'm putting her in danger i'm putting crosshair's needs above hers mm-hmm. and as a parent you know the minute you become a parent, everything else becomes secondary. You know, it's like mm-hmm. that. The child is number one. Mm-hmm. You're you're way down on the list. Even your spouse is down on the list. You know what I'm saying? Everybody else is the children yeah. come first. So because, you know, that's that's the, the nature of being a parent. So I think that that came into play. So Hunter's choice not to return for Crosshair. I I see Crosshair's point and I, I really see his point later when we'll talk about that. When he makes his he he, he puts out his argument um, as to why he's so angry at them. Mm-hmm. But I also see Hunter's choice. I, I see Hunter's conflict as well, because um, he's like, yeah, I could go back for him. But then to return to a planet, you know, that's as 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 Echo says, is swarming with troopers. Right. You know, that's going to be a hard extract. And, you know, to how am I going to do that with this kid? Well, even even to put a, a an additional level on that additional layer on that, mm-hmm. you're going back to get someone who is trying to kill you and he's a really 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 good shot (laughs) he's really good at killing yeah yeah which makes it that much more complicated that's a hard extract you got because you you basically you have to catch him off guard knock him unconscious you know stun him whatever yeah get him out of a city that's you know swarming with that army there right and then Um, deal with him when he wakes up because by that time (laughs) they didn't know how to take out the inhibitor yeah they didn't know yeah and replacements they didn't know yeah good point good point all right. Um, next choice that we want to look at the Empire's choice, taking it away from the Bash for a second. So the Empire's choice, this is what we alluded to before. The Empire's choice to discontinue the clone program yeah. and conscript soldiers. And this took place through the whole season. And I want to read a quote here by uh, Rampart. Um, this is his argument. Skills can be taught. The loyalty of those who willingly enlist is what I see tremendous value in. That's Admiral Rampart. Mm-hmm. Now, Arthur, when you first heard him say that, though, were you were you like me? Were you scratching your head trying to say, what is this dude talking about? Because this is early in the season when he says this, because it's like the clones are literally programmed to follow you. 
you know, now they're programmed to follow whatever the emperor says. They're like, they have to protect Emperor Palpatine. So right. what is he talking about? And skills can be taught. It's funny that he says that because later on, Gregor is like, I didn't teach him everything I know. That would be stupid. You know, so it's mm-hmm. funny that he said, mm-hmm. he said he's, he's, he's uh, big up in that. But the loyalty of those who willingly enlist, the loyalty, that, mm-hmm. that really stuck mm-hmm. with me. How did you feel about that when you first heard him say that? Honestly, I mean, it kind of made it, it, it made sense, it made to, sense me. to you. Oh, I mean, okay. the reason well, for two reasons. Reason number one is because um, Tarkin, but he wasn't he wasn't a moth by then, right? No, I don't think so. He became a moth later. But he but he outranked Rampart. Yeah, he outranked at Rampart. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, it was I think, Tarkin. I think he was a Grand Admiral. I think Tarkin was a Grand Admiral at this. point. Okay. You know, it, mm-hmm. Tarkin is thinking. At this point, Tarkin is thinking about cutting costs. Yeah. And Rampart wants to align himself with Probably. Tarkin for up, further upward mobility within the empire, imperial structure. Mm-hmm. So the idea that he would see Rampart, that Rampart would see the logic, because it's Rampart that's actually advising Tarkin to discontinue the contract with, right. um, with the committee. Camoans, Caminoans, uh, let's roll with Caminoans. Yeah, <laughs> since I can actually say that without difficulty. Right. Um, it's Rampart who's advising Kaminoans, Tarkin. I think. I think it's Caminoans. Okay, Caminoans. Yeah. Okay, Caminoans. <laughs> Rampart's okay. advising Tarkin to this strategy mm-hmm. because clones age very rapidly, mm-hmm. which means that when the clones die out, they're going to need to procure more clones. Mm-hmm other species and it appears to be that the overwhelming majority of stormtroopers are you know a humanoid type species right. they got fit in armor <laughs> exactly right. you know um they have longer lifespans mm-hmm. and if you can get their loyalty by providing them food clothing shelter they would spread that same kind of loyalty amongst the community and wherein they're they're from, mm-hmm. similar similar to the military structure. Now, I, I I was I was not in any branch of the United States Armed Forces. Um, I know many that were. Absolutely respect the sacrifices of those individuals as well as their surrounding families. That being said, I do know that it can be very influential for a younger sibling coming up after an older sibling who has gone into the military mm-hmm. a child who has seen their parent go into to the military so what i'm saying is you can create a generational supply chain of soldiers you can create an ideology so I, you know what Here, here's why here's why i come at come in on this i think his argument and rampart's argument about skills can be taught the loyalty of those who willingly list is why see I get it in retrospect, like loyalty. Mm-hmm. My mind, again, my mind just got stuck on order 66. Mm-hmm. You can't get more loyal than that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, you no, you not yeah. get more loyal than you literally, these people literally within seconds turned on and murdered their generals. Right. Who they had served by who's who has saved their lives and they had saved their lives, you know, vice versa. They had gone through whatever together for years. They literally turned on that within seconds, simply because you told them to with a few words. Right. You know? So that's that's extraordinarily loyal. So I got stuck on that. But mm-hmm, to your mm-hmm, point, mm-hmm. 
if you create an ideology, which is a very militaristic, you know, that's what militaries all over the world, including here in the hearts United and minds to your point. Yes. You can go in many a, a impoverished neighborhood here in the United States and find a recruiting office, you know, for, mm-hmm. for one of the branches or not all the branches of the military, because when people are down and out, you offer them, like my man says earlier, like he, like we read the quote, mm-hmm. um, food, you know, roof over the head, um, clothing, money, whatever, you offer them a path yeah. and they will take the path yeah. and pledge their allegiance, you know? And so Rampart is saying, that's where I see the tremendous value in. And mm-hmm. I get it. And I really get it when Gregor says later on in um, War Mantle, Gregor says, we clones are soldiers of a republic that doesn't exist. These recruits come from all over the galaxy. Mm-hmm. They swear loyalty to the empire. They're not as skilled, but there's an endless supply of them. You know, that was like, wow. Right. Yeah, he's there's that's a good point. You know what I'm saying? It's like they so and, and I feel like if they they if they would have emphasized that more, that would have made me understand it a little bit better yeah. earlier mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. And if they would have made it more clear, maybe they'll do this in the second season of the Bad Patch, make it more clear of like you said, Tarkin is really thinking about the Death Star. You know, he's like, I'm he's he's probably already seen a, some schematics or whatever. This yeah. thing is going to cost trillions of credits to build. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, we can't keep paying these Kaminoans all this money to create this clone army. That's a good let's, point. Let's, let's cut costs. Let's, you know, we can save, you know, X percentage of whatever and mm-hmm, conscript mm-hmm. people and, you know, give them poor, you know, whack ass training. And you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's like mm-hmm. all they got to do, we're not at war anymore. So all they got to do is know how to just be evil towards, towards citizens. And we're good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, that's what they did. And in retrospect, I think that cost them a lot too, because had those clones, can you imagine like Luke and Leia and the rest of them having to go up against a bunch of clones? <laughs> win as well. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like you, you may not get out of that death star or, or that, um, uh, yeah, the death star when they, with uh, Luke and Leia and Han went and got a, uh, or got Leia, you know, you may not get out of there if those are clones, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, that's a whole different Mm -hmm. story. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I think that that made a little bit more sense. So I, 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 I'm, I'm glad you explained it the way you did. Cause um, it took me a while to kind of like parse that in my head. Cause like I said, that was a very specious argument that I think Rampart was making. Hmm. Um, Next one, next choice, clone force 99's choice to remove all their inhibitor chips. This happened in battle scars. So just really, this is a quick one. You know, Rex says, he tells them point blank, and this is a great line, what's in your head is more dangerous than you can imagine. So he makes it very clear to them, because remember, tech is kind of like, ah, we're, good. You know, we're, we're good, you know, yeah. we're worried about the inhibitor chips. Ah, we're deviant, our deviant nature or whatever, you know, overrode mm-hmm. them, except in Crosshair. <laughs> He's mm-hmm. like, except, <laughs> that one, except that dude over there. But uh-huh. the rest of us are good, so don't worry about it. And Rex is like, you can't take that chance. He's like, mm-hmm. I've seen what's happened. I couldn't help it. You know, mm-hmm. I almost killed Ahsoka. You know, it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you, if it's still in your head, you got to get it out at all costs. Made it very plain. And I loved how he had that. He did that. I loved it. What did you think about that? I loved it, too. I also loved how how uh, he's, you know, when he real when Rex realizes that they haven't taken their inhibitor chips out, he puts mm-hmm. his hand on his blaster and looks right at Rex Immediately. <laughs> This is why Rex, <laughs> Arthur, Rex is the, that's, that's my man. That's, that's my man. Ever since rookies, immediately, yeah. he's like, as soon as he realizes it, he raises up, hand mm-hmm. on blaster, takes the stance, protects Omega. Remember, yeah. Omega is behind him. He, he, yep. he puts himself between Omega and them. Like, I yeah. may have to start blasting any second here. You know, and right. I'm like, 
Rex is that dude, man. Period. Right. Yeah. Right. Now I will say that if it wasn't if it wasn't Rex that said it, I don't think the other guy. I don't think they would have taken their inhibitor chips out. Mm. It's the it's the respect level that they have for Rex mm-hmm. yeah. that was brought on by episode you know, the final episodes uh, final ep- final <laughs> the final Clone Wars series when we mm. first are introduced to the Bad Batch. Right, that's the that's where that respect because, yeah. was built from. That those experiences in extracting Echo. I'm I'm really really glad you said that because remember when uh, Crosshair. And Rex mm-hmm. got into it because Crosshair is like, we're doing all this. You know, it's probably a trap. You know, F your boy. You yeah. know, and Rex is like, no, we're going after him. And he, I think Rex hits Crosshair. He, 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 uh, he hits Crosshair. And then Re- uh, Wrecker steps up on Rex and is like, pick on somebody who's not your size. And Rex, <laughs> this is why I'm telling you, man, that's why I love Rex. <laughs> Rex says to him, you'll be a whole lot small. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. You'll be a whole lot smaller when I'm done with you. you Rex Rex is half this man's size, bro. Mm -hmm. You know, one third of his strength, if that, you know, so it's like, it's not going to go Rex's way, but Rex don't give up. Mm. He's Mm -hmm. like, you, you know, move out of my, I'm doing this, you know, and if Mm -hmm. I got to knock you out, I'll do that as well. So to your point, yeah, the respect level that they have for Rex, I think was born in those Clone Wars Mm -hmm. episodes and then Mm -hmm. only built from that. And, to the point where Wrecker hugs him when he sees Rex. And Mega's like, I thought mm-hmm. you didn't like Rex. And he's like, we like this one. You know, yep, so, we yeah, like this love one. There. <laughs> love. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Uh, let's talk about, you You threw one out that I had forgotten mm-hmm. about. Let's talk about that one. What's that one? Ah, uh, Nalase. Nalase's choice to send Fennec Shand after Omega and define uh, Lama Su. Mm-hmm. Um this would this is with the cornered and bounty lost uh uh story arc mm-hmm. um now let's say so huh she what who uh, you know really quickly by the way has the sexiest voice in the galaxy <laughs> no, i'm like every time she starts talking i'm like <laughs> I'm distracted. I'm like, let me re- rewind this and because I just missed everything <laughs> she really said. I was just listening to her voice. Um, so yeah, Nala say, yeah, go. Ahead. I'm glad she's yeah. still alive. <laughs> right. So you know, Nala say she's really been playing both sides of this, mm-hmm. and I think that her her agenda has yet to be manifested in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Why is she trying to protect her? Why? Why is Why is Omega so important? Cause she's willing to like experiment on crosshair. You know, she's one, she's, she's really cold towards some of these other clones, but then she's going against her boss. Yeah. She goes, (laughs) boss. I forgot. I didn't have time to write down her quote, but she definitely tells Fennec Shan, like when Fennec Shan's like, would you want me to keep following her? And she's like, no, as long as she's away from Lama Sue, you know what I'm saying? I'm Mm -hmm. good. As long Mm -hmm. as she's safe, I'm straight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why? Why is Omega so important to her? She wears the same Omega was wearing the same emblem on her, her, her little necklace or whatever on her head. Um, yeah. Before, um, before she took it off in the second, I think the second episode. See. So her and, and Alice had that. Yeah. See, I think then the same way that Boba Fett was created for Django so that Django could have a son, Omega was created for or created by Namase mm. as her own child. Wow. That's, that's, as they say on many other shows, that's a hot take. That's wild. I didn't even think about that. 
that's that's yeah. interesting so we but we aren't we aren't saying there's any of because i mean obviously you look at omega there's none of uh, nalase's dna in her but she could have created her as a clone because she is a direct clone, clone from Django Fett, just like mm-hmm. Boba is, mm-hmm. um, without any of the uh, some of the uh, other things that were put into the to the um, to the clone troopers. So she could have been created as, and she does have some sort of mutation. We don't know what her enhancement is yet. She is there's something else special about her. I think other than yeah, the fact I mean she's, she's highly perceptive. Highly Omega. Yeah. yeah. So there's something else there. Um, but that's 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 very interesting. Um, I, I'm going to go with that. I, you know, I mm. think Sis Nalase is still alive, and she's she was seen in the last um, scene in the uh, the the season finale. Camila Lance, yeah. Obviously, they're going to bring you know they're going to have her as part of season two, and we're going to get to see what happens with her. So I think we're going to get an answer to that. But I, I'm going to go with what you just said um, for now. All right, um, Clone Force 99's choice to help a separatist. So really quickly, this happened in Common Ground. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting. Common Ground, like I said earlier, is one of my favorite episodes. Um, Hunter says, I always thought we'd make it back to, we make it to Raxus someday, but not like this. Mm -hmm. Um, So this was interesting to me only because you saw this puppet war that took place, Mm -hmm. you know, um, Separatists versus the Republic, everything orchestrated by Palpatine. So really it was a, why did we fight that war type of situation? Yeah. But the clones and including um, the Bad Batch are still under this impression that it all meant something and that the separatists are our sworn enemies. Um, so they were like, we, you know, they tell Sid, we we're not taking this bounty. We're not going to go help this dude, whatever. But they end up doing it. Um, and Hunter has this kind of like conflict and Echo really has because Echo is like straight mm-hmm. jingoistic at this point. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm, mm-hmm. they're the enemy. You know what I'm saying? I'm not helping none of these cats. This is probably a trap. Never occurs to Echo. Why would they be wanting to trap y'all? You know what I'm saying? It's like, mm-hmm. the war is over. Who are you? You know what I'm saying? It's like, what, what was this? Like some revenge something for something that you did? Is that what you're suggesting? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, th- I just thought that was interesting. What did you think about their decision here, their choice here? Um, I think it was, I, th- I think it was similar with, with, with Hunter I, you know, judging the situation about why would all of a sudden Jedi be traitors when we've been working with them for all this time? I think it was a situation where by this time they had seen the change happening mm-hmm. and that the Empire really was not for them. And if um, I forget the uh, uh, I forget the senator's name that they were extracting, but um the extraction of this senator knowing that he was being uh, turned into a puppet by the Empire seemed like the smart play because this was also an individual who had a like mind to resist the Empire's uh, influence. So um, I like that we were able to see the dynamic where everything just isn't good or bad and what was bad yesterday could be better if it can't be good it could be better today given the larger bad Mm -hmm. that we know exists and that would be the empire Mm -hmm. avi singh was uh the senator ah thank you yeah um yeah i agree with everything you said i just it was it was interesting again for me just to see that as so many wars are you know well you could argue any any war but um so many wars are obviously you know, unnecessary and being fought for reasons that are not 
presented to the public. And I don't even know if, you know, I haven't read all the books or whatever. So I don't know if the general public in the galaxy ever learns that, oh yeah, that whole big conflict, the clone war that was, you know, completely orchestrated by this one person and it was mm-hmm. completely unnecessary. Um, so yeah, to see that happen. And then for the after effects later on for now, for echo and for Hunter and the rest of them record for them to feel like, yeah, this is, you know, these are our sworn enemies when really they're not. Um, I just thought that was interesting. So, uh, what's the next one? The next one is a big choice. What's Hauser's choice. One? So Hauser's choice to rebel against the empire and aid the Sindulas, uh, the rescue on Ryloff episode. Um, mm-hmm. this was a fantastic, fantastic scene. Um, Oh man, the the well, first of all, it was it was um it was really good is, to see um go ahead. I was just about to say this is one of the ones that we talked about at the beginning where, you know, the emotion, you know, it was like this is I did not expect this at all. You know, I didn't expect first of all, Hauser I think is just, you know, I'm hoping we get to see him again cuz I think he's a great character, a great clone. But that scene he comes out and he says to his to his when he decides you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna help the empire anymore this is some bs and he comes out and confronts his men you know yeah. first of, first of all he makes the choice arthur we should put this in there he makes the choice not to abandon his men because his you know syndula is like okay oh uh, yeah that's a good point our side we're yeah. gonna dip out of here you should come with us because yeah. it's not gonna be safe here for you yeah they're gonna lock you up or kill you and Hauser's like, you know what? I can't abandon my men. They're good men. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to give mm-hmm. them the choice that I, mm-hmm. that I just made. That was that was huge. And then he mm-hmm. goes out there and says, brothers, what are we doing? Yeah. And it's like, I was watching this like, oh, my God. this is." And a few I of them in the ranks were just like, man, yeah, you're right. This doesn't. You're right. And they throw down their weapons. And that was the moment where I was like, oh, sh-. that's. All this inhibitor chip stuff is like everything is like there's so much we don't know because it's mm-hmm. like at that point I'm like thinking okay, do the inhibitor chips first of yeah, all because they're resisting they're resisting so I'm like are the inhibitor chips malfunctioning in some of the clones or mm-hmm. is there a limited amount of time or they do, do they lose the power over a certain amount mm-hmm. of time you know mm-hmm. over somebody's entire you know uh, uh, characteristics or personality you know that's a lot of power to exert. So over time, does that start to fade? Yeah. You know, I'm like, how did these clones make that choice to throw down their weapons? And not all of them did, but enough of them did where it was like, this is not some anomaly. There's enough of them to be like, yo, there's, this could be the, if, if for Rampart and for Tarkin, that could have influenced their decision to get rid of the clones. Cause they seen this and like, yo, we can't risk, you know, this happening all over the galaxy with our people mm-hmm. just like throwing down their weapons. Like we're not going to serve the empire anymore mm-hmm. um, because this, this inhibitor chip isn't working. So, and in Hauser, you see it, it must've, that chip never must've activated at all. Cause he was an individual, you know, all the way the through. Entire, yeah. The yeah. Entire thing. It so, does raise a lot of questions. And I, I was struggling to say earlier, cause I was just so excited all over again, but it was just wonderful to see Hera, Hera Syndulla. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, and see some of her origin story. Mm hmm. What did you think? Okay, so really quickly, what did you think about the episode before this one? Um, not, it wasn't Rescue on Ryloth. Was it just Return to Ryloth? I can't remember. What the, the episode before this one didn't feature the Bad Batch almost complete. They're only in one scene. You know, the Bad yeah. Batch was absent. So it was Hera's episode. Yeah, it was Devil's um, Deal. Devil's, Devil's Deal was the episode. Devil's yeah. Deal. Did you feel, watching Devil's Deal, did you feel like, ah, oh, I didn't enjoy that as much because the Bad Batch wasn't there? Or did you really, you were really into just seeing Hera and Chopper? 
I was very that's that's what really had me and and you know and also what I knew about the Twi'leks um the Sindulas specifically from Star Wars Rebels because the history of Hera's family to a degree is told by Thrawn Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, in that one episode, yeah. And so, episodes, yeah. yeah, and so to and so to see to see the Sandulas and what they represented um really added a lot of richness to the story. Um mm-hmm. and I I I'll be honest, I mean, I'm I'm about to start Rebels again. Mm, to go. Wow, okay. See, I you know, I, we can talk about this another time. Maybe we'll do maybe we'll talk about Rebels after maybe we'll both rewatch it, I'm not sure, but they I was I liked Terra. You know, but mm-hmm. I was never a huge like Hera fan, so it was like I was like, uh. but then when Rescue Ryloff came around, I was like, yeah, this this is a great two parter. So I'm really looking forward. I'm hoping that in season two of the Bad Batch, we get to see Hera and Caleb meet because we know that in Rebels, Caleb as Kanan mm-hmm. and Hera have you know had a relationship and trying to continue that relationship. So. I think, though, I'm not, you know, again, I haven't read all the books, so uh, listeners, you guys can correct me in the comments. But I think there is a book later on that clarifies they did meet, but I think they're much older. So unless they do an enormous time jump between this season uh, and the next mm-hmm, season, mm-hmm. yeah, it'll be, I doubt. I, I would predict we'll see either one or both of them, but I doubt we'll see them together um, in the next season. Um, but I am looking forward to seeing Hauser again. I hope we get to see him. I, they didn't kill him. And it is, it's, it's okay. So let's jump to the next choice. That's what we will talk. So the next choice, yeah. um, that we want to touch on crosshairs choice, not to kill Hauser in that same rescue, or same rescue, same episode rescue on Ryloth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, he, instead of, he has, you know, crosshairs up there. He has his sights cause he's expecting the bad bash to walk through. Hauser walks through gives a speech to his brothers to his men tells them you know and they to join him and some of them throw yeah. down their shield or throw down their weapons crosshair has his sights on hauser at that moment and i don't know about you but when i was watching i was like he's about to kill this motherfucker i'm like he's gone i was like, too you know, yeah he's going to kill him you know we've seen crosshair just murder people for no you know just outright murder people um in previous episodes so i'm thinking he's about to kill this dude and instead he just says arrest those traitors I have a theory. I'm not even theory. I agree with you. What you said earlier, Arthur, about mm-hmm. Crosshair's mm-hmm. chip coming out after he was burned, severely yeah. burned in reunion, I think. And they didn't make this clear that I think they will make it clear in season two. But I think, yeah, he got he had to have some surgery done and his chip was just damaged, you know, because it was on the same side of his head that you see those that scar. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that they just had to take the chip out, you know, because it couldn't mm-hmm. be salvaged. So after post reunion, he's acting on his own volition. He chooses to stay with the Empire, but his his decision making is markedly different than it was previous to reunion. Right. And one of the key moments of that is when you see him not kill Hauser. He just says arrest them. And he's actually a little bit taken. You can see he's kind of taken aback by the fact that those other clones, Hauser and the other clones made the decision of their own free yep. will not Agreed. to be with the Empire. Agreed. Major, major, major moment. Um, all right, moving on. Hunter's choice not to join the burgeoning rebellion. So at the end mm-hmm. of Rescue on Ryloth, the Sindulas are basically like, you, you come with us or, you know, let's, let's you know, do this together. 
um, Sham Sindula and his wife. I forgot her name, but she looks like a supermodel. Um, just noting that. Um, <laughs> what is her name? She does. I mean, it's like they make all the Twilight women, you know, usually they look uh, <laughs> very alluring. But this one, they just like made her like gave her perfect bone structure. I'm like, wow. OK, Cham. Go ahead, Cham. <laughs> um, <laughs> So Hunter's choice not to join the burgeoning rebellion. Um, he tells the Sindulas, I have my own people to look out for. And he's talking about his squad. And again, as a parent, he's talking about Omega. Um, even though uh, uh, Cham's wife tells him, like, yeah, you know, they're going to have to be a part of this one way or the other. Right. Know, and it's going to be their fight. Right. Um, but what did you think about Hunter's choice at that moment not to join the rebellion or the burgeoning rebellion? Um. I kind of think that Hunter really, I mean, ultimately, he doesn't know where he wants to land. Um, But I feel like when he gets to that place, he'll know it. Um, This was the second time uh, where he rejected the opportunity to join up. Um, The first time was uh, uh, at the end of um, uh, Decommissioned. When he meets mm-hmm. the Martez sisters. Right, right, right. And and one of them, uh, what's her face, tells him, you're going to have to make a choice. You know, you have to choose one side or the other. Eventually, you're going to have to do that. Yeah, yeah I think it's Rafa because mm-hmm. it, um, at, the end of, at the end of Decommission, it's, you know, Hunter gives uh, Rafa a copy of the battle droid's data so that they mm-hmm. can take it back. Um, right. Um, presumably, well, we, you know, we later learn, you know, take it back to Rex. Mm-hmm. But, uh, showing that you know these clones, this, this the Clone Force ninety nine are different, you know, and Rafa right. acknowledges that. Right. Okay, you know, you are different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I think that Hunter is he's getting tired of needing to choose a side. Who who do I now give my allegiance to? Mm-hmm. Because all these other allegiances are are shifting so quickly. It seems. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know where he wants to land. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think he's. And by the way, um, the supermodel, uh, Cham's supermodel's wife is named Alani. Let's give her a proper credit and just stop calling <laughs> her Cham's wife, Alani, Alani Sandula. Um, I, I think Hunter. Yeah, he's just torn, man. He's really trying to again. Not only has he never been a parent before, his whole life is like mm-hmm. has not involved children at all. In mm-hmm. aftermath, you see all of the clones looking at Omega. Hunter, I mean, Wrecker even says, "What? What's that?" You know, yeah. he's like looking at it like, what's that? And mm-hmm. his tech has to say human, you know, humanoid female mm-hmm. um, child. And they're just like looking at her like, why are you sitting with us at the canteen? You know, what do you want? You know, mm-hmm. what, what don't you got parents or something? You know, and mm-hmm. uh, Megan's like parents. What you talking about? Um, but yeah, so I, I think Hunter is just torn and he's just he's trying to do the best he can. But in his mind, it's like, OK, my number one priority is Omega. One point yeah. five priority is my squad. You know, so. Um, he's torn between that. So uh, the next next choice, rolling right along, the next choice, Clone Force 99's choice to go after Gregor. This is a quick one, but I just thought it was interesting because mm-hmm. Echo says in War Mantle, Echo says if there's if there's a chance that that trooper, if there's a chance that trooper is being held against his will, yeah, we have to try to get him out. And Echo is of course, you know, thinking back back to his and um, you know his captivity own captivity, on, yeah, you know, Skeko Minor. Um, but really quickly, it was interesting to me, Arthur, that the clones, some of the clones, you know, and Rex struggles with this. Rex mentions mm. this in Clone Wars season seven and a couple other episodes in previous seasons. The clones struggle with the fact that they if it weren't for that war, they wouldn't have been created. 
but they are captive. Cutler Queen talks about that. You know, they're, mm. they don't have a choice. You know, it's like they're being forced to fight this war. They're being forced. It's almost, it's, you know, you and I are going to get in this later in another episode, but um, in another show, but they, they're being forced, you know, forced conscripts, forced their whole lives are controlled by, you know, um, outside forces. And so it was interesting for me to hear Echo say this because he's being, he has been held against his will, not just on Skeckle Minor, but just his whole life, you know, essentially. Right. Um, and his will has almost been engineered for him, you know, to serve the, serve the Republic. Um, and then later on, the, you know, for many of the clones to serve the Empire. So I don't know. What did you think about that? I thought that was just an interesting statement. I think Echo wants to, I think Echo wants to, I don't know if repay is the word, but, mm. you know, he's feeling the effects of there was somebody that cared enough to come get me. Mm-hmm. And for him to have, for Echo to have the opportunity to, to do that for another clone. Yeah. You know, I yeah. think it brings some kind of resolve yeah. to his, Karma. to yeah. his, you know, to, to, to his, to himself, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to, you know, extend that type of, that type of love really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And, and quick shout out to that in that episode of War Mantle to the base, um, the Empire's base inside the mountain. Very Bond-esque, mm. like mm. a very Bond villain thing to do. I, mm-hmm. I just thought that was dope. Um, all right. Clone Force 9. This is a major one. Clone Force 99's choice to go after Hunter in return to Kamino. And there's a really quick um, exchange between Crosshair and Hunter um, that I think sums this up. So Crosshair says... You know, because one of Crosshair's elite soldiers is basically questioning whether or not this is the best plan for them to just wait there for the, you know, for the um, Bad Batch to show up. Crosshair makes the point, he says, you know, they don't leave their own behind. Then he pauses and he says, most of the time. Mm -hmm. Hunter, Mm -hmm. who picks up on the subtext immediately, says, you tried to kill us. You know, we didn't have a choice. Basically saying we have a choice Mm -hmm. but to leave you. Crosshair looks at him and says, and I did? Question mark. Yeah. That was major to me, Arthur, because again, like we we talked about um, a little while ago, Crosshair is aware of what he did while his chip was still in. You know, he's mm-hmm. very much aware of the murders that he committed, mm-hmm. the fact that he almost killed um, his entire he, he he almost killed his brothers in reunion when he tried to turn that um, engine on them mm-hmm. um, and and just burn them to a crisp. Um, so he's haunted by that, and it bothers him that they knew he was under control of that inhibitor chip. And they left him anyway. And mm-hmm. that that to me is a kind of gives credence to his argument. Um, what did you think about that? I mean, about, the, about, you know, their choice not to go or yeah, their choice to go after Hunter and not go after Crosshair. I mean, not to be funny, but again, they knew that Hunter wouldn't try to kill them for trying to come get him. Mm-hmm. You know, not to completely repeat what I was saying earlier, but I, I, I just feel that, you know, I feel that. Crosshair, who's not acknowledging that he's hurt, you know, but he's expressing that hurt through, you know, through digs, basically. You know, I'll cut I'll cut Crosshair some slack, too. But, yeah, he you know, he absolutely was under the influence of Order 66, you know, in the same way that Wrecker was. And the rest of the, uh, you know, the rest of 99 had sympathy for Wrecker as a result of that. And they have sympathy toward Crosshair for some of that. But it just seemed like Crosshair was not willing to meet them in the middle to then be able to rebuild, you know, rebuild that bridge. 
Yeah, and I think, um, and we'll get in just a minute, we'll touch on that again, because I think that there's a reason why Crosshair wasn't willing to do that or able to do that. Yeah. But at this point, I, you know, it just, it really struck me that um, I hadn't, before this episode, I really hadn't considered Crosshair's point of view. It, to me, it was mm-hmm. very binary either. Okay, mm-hmm. he did this because mm-hmm. he didn't have the chip in. But yeah. then once you realize, oh, he took his chip out a long time ago. And, you know, uh, Hunter's like, well, when did you do that? And he's like, you know, what does it matter? He's like, yeah, it does matter. Cause it's like, you made a lot of decisions and it's like, what did you do that was, uh, you know, under your own volition or what wasn't, but it didn't strike me that even at that point that uh, crosshair would be bitter, you know, that they left him behind when they knew he had his chip in. So, Mm -hmm. and I think it is notable, man, that as much as I agree with everything you just said, it's notable that the only person previous to all this who even alluded to going back and getting him was omega yeah you know what i'm saying none of them yeah. record said he missed him but he didn't say let's go back and get him yeah. omega was the only one that's like we'll figure out a way to get him back mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. she's the only one mm-hmm. that was notable um all right so this is a big one too we got uh two more and both of them are big um, oh yeah and this 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 ends this this finishes the season so the first one crosshair's choice not to kill the batch or Omega and ask them to join the empire instead. Mm-hmm. So this happens mm-hmm. in um, return to Camino. in another exchange. Um, Crosshair tells Hunter, you know, you want to protect the kid, then let her go. Yeah. That was, um, we mentioned that before. That's notable because previous to that, he has said aim for the kid, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Pre chip mm-hmm. removal. He was like, let's just kill her mm-hmm. post chip removal. He's like, he, they, his, uh, his people found her. Okay. Put her in a shuttle, send her off world. So Crosshair is in his own way is trying to protect Omega, which is notable. Um, Crosshair again, he says, he tells Hunter, we were brothers once. We can be again. Um, mm-hmm. Join the Empire and you will have purpose again. That was notable because mm-hmm. he's not trying to kill them. He wants them. He's like, we're different. We're brothers. Let's do this. You know, we, we, we accomplished all those missions. You know, we can we can have that again. Just come to the Empire. Um, so even though he's been scorned in his eyes, he's been scorned by his brothers. He wants the brotherhood again. He misses them. Right. Yeah, he, he, Crosshair is not the type of cat that would say that, but he misses them. Um, then really quickly, he says, uh, when he does, like I say, he does tell, you know, Hunter, they has chip removed. Chip, you know, Hunter's like, when did you do this? Because um, that really matters. Um, Crosshair tells him, you know, this is who I am. You know, it doesn't matter when I have my chip removed. This is who I am. Um, and then even after Crosshair is knocked out, you know, Hunter uh, stuns him. It really, it really hit me when they're all standing there and tech is like, we got to get out of here. These venerators, venerators about to blow up this, this spot. Um, Star destroyers, whatever they are going to um, blow up the uh, blow up Camino. We got to mm-hmm. go. Hunter says record grab crosshair. He's coming with us. Right. And when he said that, I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's not going to make the same mistake twice. And, and crosshair does not seem to be the threat that he was during their last encounter. Mm. Um, even if he was a threat he's like this is where he's ours that's okay our that's boy. fair yeah that's our yeah. brother he's yeah. coming we're not going to leave him and die i don't give a damn what decision he made right he's coming with us right that's you know, a good I point that was very powerful that's a good point mm-hmm. um you know really we see here I, I think we see we see a couple of sides across here um one being what you what you just you know mapped out mm-hmm. um his desire to be uh back with his brothers uh the fact that he misses them um, you know, and also the fact that he he wants to at least appeal to Hunter's affection toward Omega 
by you know mm. put you know let's send her off world i mean as far as we know you know that's code for take her back to rampart so that he can kill her <laughs> but aside from that <laughs> that's the cynical translation yeah yeah but right. aside from that you know he he's talking about getting omega out of the picture yeah i believe that i believe that crosshair is jealous of omega because he's been mm. shown that the way that he's taking it he's been shown that omega seems to be more important than he is and he has the affection and attention you know from hunter mm. um and he doesn't know how to crosshair doesn't know how to negotiate that mm. um he wants the rest of the uh he wants the rest of the squad to join the empire because he because crosshair feels that the empire gives him purpose right where else can i kill people you know um hunter is saying well look now that we have the power of discernment let's figure this out mm-hmm. you know let's mm-hmm. not just jump allegiance all of a sudden you right. know i think right. hunter is tired of fighting he may be a quick quick parallel between i didn't even see this until you just said that between quick parallel between crosshair and echo mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. echo mm-hmm. makes the point early in the season that listen we're soldiers you know, this is what we were bred to do. We're soldiers. What else is there? But he's not making a plea like we should just go fight for the Empire. He's let's go with Rex. Let's go fight. Why are we going to fight with going with Rex and fighting a rebellion? It's not called the rebellion at this point in time. Right. But right. Rex is like the Republic still exists to some point, to some degree. You know, there's a few of us out here. There's there's some fighting that needs to be done. And Echo is like, we're soldiers. We're not mercenaries. You know, we should be doing that. Mm-hmm. And he makes that argument to Hunter on more than one occasion. Right. So there's a parallel between Echo and um, Crosshair in that degree that this is who we are. Right. You know, they're just they're just uh, to, like Tech always says they just have different ideologies. Right. But you know, early in the season, episode two, you know, we're reunited or they're reunited with Cut. Mm-hmm. So they see that there is another path that they can take it doesn't have to be even though they were created and bred to be soldiers even in echo's case and i'll give him credit for saying well look you know we can go this way the rex path or we you know we can go you know the other mercenary path Mm -hmm. you know and i think hunter has seen cuts life the family dynamic even you know was trying to send omega with cutting his family you know he's seen that there are other options that they've never seen before because we don't know how we really don't know how old they are in the context of you know what i mean guess but yeah yeah right but i wonder though i wonder though i i need to and i haven't gone back and looked watched it in a long time but i wonder that early clone wars episode where we are introduced we're introduced to cut Mm -hmm. do they explain i have to go back and look do they explain how he was able to go against his own you know, engineering his his genetics. You know, or or he's engineered to be a soldier. Yeah. Um, how did he go against that? You know, to walk away. Um, but I get your point. You know, they've seen that. They've been exposed to that. Mm-hmm. I just I don't I just don't think it's appealing to somebody like Echo. Echo is like, no, I'm a soldier. It's <laughs> definitely not appealing to, to Crosshair. <laughs> <laughs> right. Definitely not appealing to Crosshair. All right. Um. Uh. Did the last one. This is and this is another major one, but last one to wrap up this season, looking at all the choices that were the incredible choices and then the impact of those choices that were made throughout the season. Last one we want to talk about Crosshair's choice to continue his allegiance mm-hmm. to yeah. the Empire 
yeah. this happened in Camino Lost. So after everything, um, a couple couple quotes from that episode. Um, Hunter says to Crosshair, "We made a choice, and so did you." And Crosshair is Crosshair's retort is, "Soldiers follow orders." In other mm-hmm. words, mm-hmm. you know, so he's basically saying soldiers don't make choices. Right, there is no orders. choice. Correct. Yep. And Hunter says, and we've I've read this, we've seen this, you know, a lot of people have said this before in other movies and in real life. Hunter says to him after Crosshair makes that retort, Hunter says, "Blind allegiance makes you a pawn." Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I mean, what do you think about that? Because to me, that's a very um, cogent point that that Hunter makes, and I don't know how. I think we should note that Crosshair is not, although he's obstinate and he's yeah. very, you know. I made my decision. This is who I am. The camera shows him often rubbing his head, looking concerned, having a look of consternation all over his face. He Mm -hmm. just, he's struggling with this. Mm -hmm. He's not saying it, but Mm -hmm. he's struggling Mm -hmm. with the choices that he's made. Mm -hmm. Not just because, not just uh, pre-inhibitor chip, post-inhibitor chip. Yeah. This decision to stay with the empire, he's struggling with it more than he's let on. So I think that's notable. But what do you think about that exchange between him and Hunter and Crosshair's decision to stay with the empire? Um, this is the scene that made me believe that he was, he is in fact, Crosshair is in fact jealous of Omega. Mm -hmm. I think that if Omega wasn't there, however, that would have gone down, that he would have actually gotten on that ship with them. Mm. I believe that he would have done that. Um, and I think that Omega is the blocker for Crosshair to resolve the thinking that he has in his head and what he's, you know, what he's struggling over. I, mm. I think, I think, I think Hunter struggles too, but to a much, much, much lesser degree mm. where um, in the sense of Crosshair saying, you know, good soldiers follow orders. Basically there is no choice. Mm. You know, Hunter is saying, I have to think of, Omega, mm. I have no choice in that manner. Mm, that's interesting. And joining the Empire is no choice for Omega. Right. I mean, it's interesting you made that point though about between the dynamic between Omega and uh, Crosshair because remember in aftermath she has that moment where she sits down next to him in the in the in the cell and mm-hmm. it's like you know it's not your fault don't mm-hmm. do it you know, mm-hmm. blah 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 mm-hmm. and that's paralleled in Camino Lost when she sits down next to him and says you know. You never liked it on Camino, and you know I wanted to believe that it wasn't your choice, but it is your choice. You know, yeah. so she makes the point to him like, you have a choice. You know, you can choose not to do the things you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, post chip removal. You know, so you can do yeah. this. Yeah. Um, I do think um, it's interesting, and this is the point I want to make early. This is the this is kind of the the hot take that I have. Really, not a hot take because tech spells it out. Tech when they're in that um, uh, tube. And they're walking and, you know, yeah. shit is cracking. And it's like, you know, Crosshair is like, we got to go and we should find we shouldn't be listening to this kid. And mm-hmm. Wrecker says to him, Wrecker has an emotional moment. Wrecker is like, why didn't you ever try to come back to us? You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how Wrecker thought that would go down, but it probably, in, you know, in his defense, it would have been easier for Crosshair to come to them than for them to go get Crosshair from Camino because Crosshair Correct. could could desert, you know, much easier than it would be to uh, it'd be more difficult to extract him. Mm-hmm. So. Wrecker has that emotional moment where he says to him, why didn't you ever try? We would have taken you back. We would have taken you back. It's a very, it's a very sweet moment from Wrecker because he's like, man, I love you. You my, you my brother. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? It's like, Mm -hmm. you should have came back. And 
you know, Crosshair, of course, says something, you know, whatever. And um, Tech says, he says, you know, he calms Wrecker down. He says, Crosshair has always been severe and unyielding. It is his nature. You cannot change that. He cannot change that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this blew my mind, Arthur, because we've all been so focused on this inhibitor chip. We forgot what Tech said in the beginning of the series. And I think it was the aftermath when he's telling Wrecker, you're programmed to have this sort of aggression and need for battle and everything. Did you ever think that that's, that's just who, how they made you? Yeah. And of course, Wrecker's like, F that. I, you know, I blow shit up because I like I like it. shit up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mm-hmm. like it. That's why I do it. But Tech is adamant. He's like, no, no, no. That's how we're engineered. And in this moment, he's saying that about Crosshair. He's mm-hmm. always been severe and unyielding. So if anybody was going to be more susceptible to the Empire's bullshit, it was going to be Crosshair. Mm-hmm. So even after mm-hmm. post-chip removal, He's he's not as murderous as he was. He doesn't, you know, just he doesn't kill Hauser. He right. doesn't try to kill the batch. Right. But he's still you, you combine his um, need for acceptance. He's a disaffected youth, basically, mm-hmm. which is a lot of, you know, makes a great soldier. You know, mm-hmm. you know a lot of recruits are disaffected. Um, he's he's angry. Like you said, he feels displaced by his brothers. He feels bitter towards them. Yeah. Combine combine all that with his natural engineering, how they made him to mm-hmm. be severe and unyielding. And you get this person who is still making these bad decisions, these bad choices. So that to me, text um, text, you know, kind of observe uh, observation of Crosshair and the utterance that he made within that um, tube and what he said to Wrecker, that was a huge moment that I think we're going to see play out in season two, mm. where it's not just about the inhibitor chip. It's about how he was made, how Crosshair was made, how all of them have these certain personality traits that were engineered into them. And that is a lack of choice as well. Is is you know, they didn't choose to be that way. And then Arthur, not to get completely existential, but we as human beings, we that you could say that about all of us because we're born with certain traits you know we have a way of being that's like yeah we change we evolve we make choices Mm -hmm. but there are certain innate things about all of us that you can see when we're very young and you see it when we get older as adults it's just a part of our personality it's just things concrete core things that don't change that leave us in a situation where we're going to react or make certain choices that are going to be different than the person next to us just based on who we are Mm-hmm. So it's a very yeah. it's a very interesting philosophical existential type of observation that tech makes that in this instance is, is you know, has a science fiction element to it as well. Um, the engineering of clones and kind of like the the the, the, the um, determination of their personalities. But I thought it was interesting for them to mention it here because all we've been talking about is inhibitor chips and it's about more than that. So I, that's you. You had said some things earlier in the episode, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna come back to. Them. I'm coming. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm coming back to that." So, do you think that that Crosshair's nature is obstinate? Therefore, I'm not going to you. You got to come to me. I, yeah, I think his nature is as far as like a response to unyielding. you know Wrecker. Yeah, okay. Right. Tech says unyielding. So mm-hmm. it's like once he makes that decision, mm-hmm. even though every time the camera flashes on him and he's like by himself. He's got his head in his hands and he's like, what the fuck am I doing? What the fuck am I doing? You know right. Because like, if he's a sniper, he's, he, he, he can't, he can't be indecisive. Right, he's got to take exactly. the decisive shot. That's a shot. great point. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. That's he's, he's exact. He's, mm-hmm. he's exact. So it's mm-hmm. like, he's unyielding, um, stubborn, um, severe as tech says. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he's kind of like, he's made this decision. Um, and he's just going to stick with it. He's going to ride it out. Mm-hmm. What I hope they don't do. 
Arthur is that they don't show him get redeemed and make, you know, the right decision. And then he dies, you know, which is a mm. kind of a movie trope. You see mm-hmm. that in a lot of movies where yeah. it's like, you know, you know, a character like, like Vader, you know, a character will do something. And then by the way, now they're dead and we can't see how they live, you know, with the, the guilt or the, you know, um, the anger. Yeah, it's just absolved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just absolved. So that'll be, that'll be cool to see if they dive into that in a uh, season two. Um, last thing I wanted to touch on, get your opinion on, um, the last thing that Omega says, and this kind of touches back to what you said earlier yeah. about her and her and Crosshair. She says to Crosshair, they're looking at, they're on the, this beautiful scene, like so many scenes in this. And that's another thing, man. The animation in this show is we talked about it before. It's ridiculous how good the animation is mm-hmm. for this show. Um, but she's standing there on the platform looking at Topeka city burn, um, the sun has come up. I didn't know the sun came up in Camino. I didn't know it stopped raining there, but I guess eventually it does have to stop raining or it would just be the whole, the whole planet would drown. But she's standing there looking at Topeka city burning. And she says to, um, Crosshair, you're still their brother, Crosshair. And then she mm-hmm. pauses and she says, you're my brother too. Mm-hmm. What did you think about that moment? I, I, I think that she's long had insight to the reasons for that division. Crosshair is not going to get any resolution to this situation, mm-hmm. apparently. And I think Omega knows that. But she's trying to encourage him to 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 take a step, to at least recognize that the fact that you're even here and we're having this conversation is because we didn't leave you behind. Hunter did not leave you behind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that you have to reconcile with the fact of your behavior, both under the influence of and in absence of the inhibitor chip in Order 66 to be mm-hmm. able to reunite. Mm-hmm. Um, it's The ball is clearly, she's letting him know the ball is clearly in your court. <laughs> right, in your court, yeah. You the know? choice is yours. Right. The choice is yours. But your ass would rather let us leave you here on a platform <laughs> to wait for the empire to maybe come back and get you <laughs> <laughs> rather than come with us yeah. to prove your point. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it was um, a really powerful scene. And, um, I, I always felt that the, fi- that the final scene would be, I was wrong. Cause really the final scene was Namase, uh, being led into, which presumably is, imperial custody even though it's not presented that way but um i thought omega getting the last word in with crosshair if that was going to be the final scene i did not expect omega to say that i did not expect Omega, and to be specific i did not expect omega to to say you know you're my brother too yeah i, I think i mean I, I i agree with you when you say like she was clearly putting the ball in his court and letting him know she knew at that point he's not going to get on the ship with us you know he's mm-hmm. not coming mm-hmm. with us mm-hmm. um and it was a very good moment to see record look at him and say are, are you going to come with us i kind of thought know? he was i gotta admit for a, for was? a sliver of time i thought i thought crosshair actually was going to how, how would you have felt because okay let's say that happens let's say crosshair gives an evil look like i'm still angry as hell but i'm gonna get on the ship with them mm-hmm. and they fly off that still would have been interesting to me because it's like you know he hasn't forgiven them well he he hasn't hasn't. forgiven them and you really don't know if he's doing this to be a plant for the empire Mm, 
That's a good point. So yeah, that 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 I wouldn't have been mad at that. Because what what we as the audience know that that Crosshair doesn't know is that Hunter is right. They'll always look at you as a number. They don't care about you. Crosshair still sees himself as valuable to the Empire, but we know from Rampart he's not. Let him die with the rest of them. I think I, I agree with that, but I would also argue I think deep down inside Crosshair does know that he mm. knows that the Empire mm-hmm. loves him, but. It's almost a little bit of element of uh, I'm not going to say it because it's, it's a derogatory term, but it's almost element of, you know, in certain communities, certain people are looked at as aligning themselves with oppressors. And it's like, you know, that they don't look at you. They, you ain't nothing but a bleat to them. You right. know what I'm saying? And you're never going to be more than that. But yet you're aligning yourselves. With, I, I got a little element of that with this crosshair situation. Mm-hmm. Like he, mm-hmm. he deep down, he knows like they he's right. They own they're only going to see me as a number. They just try to kill me. You know what I'm saying? They knew I was on down here. They Mm -hmm. didn't care. They didn't try to extract me. Mm -hmm. They just blew up the whole city. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. he knows that. And that's where I think that that unyielding type of severity comes in that Tech was talking about. He's going to keep doing what he's doing regardless. That's that's kind of what I got out of it. Mm. That's a good point. So um, before we um, there's one other thing, I think. So, and you know, I, I think I agree with everything. Like I said, Omega putting the ball in his court. I do have to say, though, just as a side note. I was the Nala say thing kind of threw me off. Like I, mm. that felt like a post credits. You know what I'm saying? It, was it like did feel like a post credit. Yeah, it I did feel the last like scene that. Was going to be them on the ship, the Bad Batch on the ship, like you know, having a, a quick conversation or just a few words about what just happened. Yeah. Um. So it did feel kind of odd for them to cut to uh, to Nala say, and I, it felt like a post credits. It, it was interesting because it clearly sets up, you know, this cloning. You saw the patch on the uh, the the soldiers or the uh, the scientist's arm is the same patch that's on uh the cat in uh mandalorian season yeah. one yeah um so it clearly is starting to connect things in this you know uh dave filoni um john favreau type universe mm-hmm. um, jennifer mm-hmm. corbett i would throw her in there because she's the one that show ran mm. uh the bad batch and wrote these uh two of the best episodes so I, I think that there's it was an interesting scene but it did feel like why is this the last scene that should have been post credits mm. um but all right, any other last thoughts before we end this and say goodbye to the Bad Batch, at least until 2022? Um, any other last thoughts on Bad Batch season one? Um, of course, I'm looking forward to season two. I st- I'm still holding out hope to see Krennic. Um, and my man, I am. <laughs> I am really I hoping, but I am I'm kind of allowing myself to accept the fact that. Nalase's story is 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 part to justify the cloning of Palpatine. Mm. I think th- I think I think for their small part, Bad Batch is going to be used to fix mm. the, the 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 Skywalker Some saga. Stuff happened in the sequel, yeah. sequel trilogy. Yeah, you know what? You may be right, but I'll say this to Arthur: in fairness we all had a lot of issues with the prequels when mm-hmm. they came out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the clone wars seasons one through seven did a lot of like explaining the prequels and expounded upon it to, in a way that I never saw coming. And I'm so mm-hmm. glad they did because mm-hmm. now, you know, the clone wars, like I said before, other than empire clone wars is my favorite thing. Star yeah. Wars thing. So if they, if the bad batch does for the sequel trilogy, what clone wars did for the prequels, I'd be very happy with that. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like mm-hmm. it, it, it is not, it's not. I'm not expecting it to make me love the sequel trilogy any more than I do now, which is not much at all. But I do think that um, 
for you know for those who do love the sequel trilogy more love to them and for those for those people to see these type of things happen and connected to the sequel trilogy that's huge you know what I'm saying that's for those point. of us who aren't really tied into the sequel trilogy it's still great because you know we get all this story mm-hmm. that like you said it may be best told through this type of format mm-hmm. maybe let me know. ask you after having watched uh um Bad Batch, did you ever go back and watch Attack of the Clones? Episode two? Uh, I haven't yet, but for the um, episode, we have a very special episode that we're planning to do very shortly. Um, and I, I, I'm definitely going to rewatch it before mm-hmm. that because mm-hmm. I think that a lot of those themes play into it. Because, but to your kind of to your point, it's like there were several moments during this season where I was like, I need to watch Attack of the Clones. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. and and you know, the Kiner brothers had a um, just to read this really quickly, the Kiner brothers, uh, Kevin Kiner does the the, the score um, for the Bad Batch. They tweeted today, I believe. Um, a really kind of like a breakdown of their thought process while they were scoring the last two episodes of this Bad Batch season. Mm-hmm. One of the things they say is that um, to us, talking about the destruction of uh, Topeka City and all the cities on Camino, they said to us it was truly the end of the clone era. There are obviously still clones in the galaxy and many of them still noble and heroic, but this was the death of their future. Whatever legacy they write from here on will be written by hands aware that they are the last of their kind. That is um, deep. That is deep. Scoring the sequence was a joy and crushingly emotional. Um, handing the clones theme off to Crosshair and then to, then Omega's theme felt significant and metaphorical. The kind of artistic challenge you only get on rare occasions when the characters plot and themes align and build. I, I read that because for me, like you asked, do I want it? Do I want to go back and watch Attack of the Clones? Yeah, mm-hmm. because this these clones camino all of this has been around since what was that early 2000s i think attack of the clones um so you you know we've had all this with us and it was very emotional i'm not a, you know i said it before it was emotional to watch um in um return to camino when they're running through the hallways mm-hmm. and you know you're seeing you know this this place that we've been at and how much it means to the clones and if you're someone who the clones themselves mean a lot to you, it was really emotional to watch that. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. I did feel like, damn, I need to go back and watch Attack of the Clones because I want to kind of dig back into this. And there's a lot of thoughts in my head or memories, but I want to kind of clarify some of those things and go back with, you know, when Obi-Wan first comes there and sees everything for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. What, what about you? I know you're going to watch it for, like I said, for the special episode that we're planning on. Um yeah, I um, did. You already go back and watch it? No, I haven't yet. But I, but I will for the same reason that that you will. Um, I, 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 I do feel that because you can't, you really can't change the past. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I, I could see, I could see scenarios where you know, even even in like Star Wars Rebels, where it's like, oh man, it would have been interesting if in Rebels they could have you know in, incorporated you know some you know, specifics about this, that, and the third that we've seen in Bad Batch, but you really can't because you can't change that, you know? Um, I guess I don't, I'll say this. I'm not, I'm not looking for greater insight into the storylines of the Bad Batch so much as it may give me um, a more fuller context to what was being presented by George Lucas in Attack of the Clones, if that makes sense. So it's like yeah, I'm not really giving my yeah. hopes up like, oh, wow, I'm going to actually like this movie. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I don't. Right. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's going to. Um, you know, do that for me. Mm-hmm. But absolutely, I look forward to it though. Cool. I mean, I'm glad we did this though, because I think again, choice to me was the main. You know, it was definitely oh, sure. the main driver of the entire season. Yeah. So, I, and I look forward to seeing in season two. I think we're going to get more of how these choices are impacting these characters, how the choices that were made in season one mm-hmm. really play out. Um, I think we're going to get a lot of that in season two. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that. I, I don't know if they're going to do a time jump. Maybe they will. I don't know. That'd be interesting too. Yeah, um, I think we'll they see. will. I think they'll do, I think they'll do a bit of a time jump. Cool. All right. We will find out for now though. That is the end of the bad batch until season two next year but it's not the end of uh mad and real right now we will back sh- we'll be back shortly hey mad or uh 007 and counting is coming it is guys. coming so hopefully no time to die is still coming as well <laughs> into the theaters but we are going to kick off uh 007 and counting very soon um so look out for that uh new version of 007 and counting all right episode 44 of mad unreal this is arthur that is isaac Reach out, hashtag uh, Mad Unreal on Twitter. Let us know what your thoughts, how you feel about the the first season of the Bad Batch, um, and some of the choices that were made by the various characters throughout the episodes. That'll do it. See you next show. Peace. Keep it unreal.